Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. From the BOD studio, it is playing and slaying episode 20. We've arrived, that's a big number, episode 20. Mm-hmm. So, first and foremost, I want to thank my co hosts, Troy and Josh, for 20 episodes of hard hitting, action packed gaming news and hijinks. It's been a fun ride. No, no, thank you, Golden Voice. Whew. Yeah. Whew. 20. 20. We still can't drink though. No, no, we have to wait one more episode until we can be drunk. I mean, we're still going to drink, right? Yes. Okay. And while we're doing it, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, hobbying, and purchasing, kickstarting, other things on the uh, the horizon. We're going to do a massive traditional Gen Con episode. So we're going to preview Gen Con LI. I think that's 51 <laughs> in Roman numerals. Yeah. Gen Con The Lie, a.k.a. The Sellout Part 2, if you're paying attention. Um, now, this is a Gen Con I'm, I'm a little less hateful than usual of, and we'll go over that in some detail. But uh, we will cover Gen Con, some of the titles that we're interested in, some of the game companies that are there, the, the guests of honor and um, premier artists, other things that we like doing there. So it'll be a pretty full action-packed I've said action packed twice now. We better deliver. We need action. We gotta find some action. We we'll pack some in. action in. Yep. And then uh, I'm also rather than doing a play it or slay it review, um, the guys will ask me a few questions, and I'll go over my experience recently at Midwest Meltdown AOS tournament that was down in Peoria, Illinois, put on by the legendary hobby hero Domus um, and a couple of his buddies kind of recap how the tournament went for the guys from Milwaukee and myself, and then first impressions of competitive play uh, in the second edition of AOS. So that is a lot that we are going to try to cover in in the episode today. Um, And while we're doing that, it is always important that when you are playing and slaying, you must stay hydrated. So Josh, what are you drinking along with college student listeners around the world? (laughs) (laughs) I went back to my roots. Um, I'm drinking a Dew Driver, which is uh, either Diet Mountain Dew or r- regular Mountain Dew, and and vodka. I went with the Tito's, mm. the best vodka. You asked me to put a splash of something in it, too, as I was preparing it. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, just kind of... When, class I, when, when you're having a bad day, you want to class it up. So uh, <laughs> you throw a little uh, Van Gogh vodka in there, oh. a little Van Gogh blueberry acai just to just to give it just a hint. to tickle the taste buds yeah sometimes i put it a little bit behind my ear when i'm <laughs> i bet your wife loves that when you mm-hmm. come up to bed and have blueberry <laughs> vodka behind your yeah. ear so what does that end with purple green 
Uh, it's mostly green. Oh, it's still green. Yeah. Just, although I wouldn't see the purple just, anyway. So. Uh, truth. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, Troy, what is the beverage of choice over on that side of the studio? Um, so we'll go with the, our Gen Con theme here. I broke out the last uh, Dragon's Delight from Sun King Brewery, which was the Gen Con beer last year. Um, so this is the one I had left, although Josh still has one hidden in his fridge, as we figured out, too. That's so. true. That's true. Um, and it's still just as delicious. I wasn't sure how good a beer like this is a Belgian. I don't know how good they age, but th- yeah. this is good. This is, so it's an um, awesome beer. still an awesome beer. I'm going to issue a Gen Con challenge for Josh. Oh, boy. Mm. I want him to bring the Dragon's Delight, and I want him to shotgun it once we're checked into the hotel room. <laughs> challenge accepted. Yes. And I myself am drinking a Hop Rise. It's a American uh, IPA session ale from Central Waters Brewing Company here in Amherst, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, light, drinkable, a little bit of a little bit of hop kick, like most IPAs. Um, and really, I don't know why I decided on it. It was just something that I hadn't had, and it was in your fridge along with a lot of the other like remnants. <laughs> you're trying to get we're people trying to, to, we're trying to clear, yeah. clear out the fridge yeah. so we can stock it with new stuff clearing out the stock mm-hmm. so i'll uh i'm sure i'll grab something else here too because it's it's getting on empty as our pre-production we uh, ran a little long i ran a little long <laughs> we're having a, a little bit too much fun here in the studio <laughs> and uh yes i know i've been told that i am late in delivering my sportsman drinking challenge episode it will happen sometime when we don't record on a weeknight. <laughs> um, Bryce continues to ask me just about every time I see him when I'm going to record the uh, Sportsman Challenge and drink the uh, the jug from full to empty. It's got to be like six beers in that. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So it's coming. But in the meantime, we have a lot to talk about. So we'll get right into the heart of it with uh, what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Troy, I know you've been a, a busy game player. What what has gotten to the table for you? Um, not too much, not too much. But I did get. I'm cheating with with this next one here. So I've had Galaxy Trucker on my shelf for a long time, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try and play this. And I took it, and I took it. I was gonna take it with me and play, and I couldn't get anybody to play with me. So I cheated, and there's a Galaxy Trucker app. So I actually played it on my new ipad here actually it's a amazon fire it's not really an ipad um played it on my on my uh tablet here to get a feel for it. but actually i did break out the game itself to play and there are solo rules that you can play but it's a lot more fun to play when a computer can play with the so AI, one so. one thing i've heard about the game and i'm very interested if it happened is if you lose track of building your ship you'll find that you either haven't connected parts of it or it falls apart easily. Did you get to a certain point and realize you had forgotten a key element of shipbuilding? I didn't. Was not too bad. So yeah, in Galaxy Trucker to go back right. There's kind of two stages to each to the game. The first one is there's this combined chaos as you're flipping over tiles that make up your ship parts, and then they have, as Ty was saying, there's just rules for how those parts have to attach to each other. So you build up your ship. Uh, and over the course of the game, you actually do that. And then you take that ship and then you fly it. So everybody puts there. And then there's this cards that come out and events happen and asteroids come. And if they hit your ship, they can knock something out. And like Ty said, if you only have one attachment, if it takes out the attchment, anything that was now not attached to the ship floats off away. No. Um, and then the wind condition is, is you get 
there's some bonus um, bonus points for kind of how you construct your ship. There's some picking up cargo along the way, and uh, if you have some, I think there's some bonus things for how your how your ship how you handle some of the other activities that that can happen. So that and then over the course of the game, you can you do that three times. So you have three sessions where you build three different ships and fly them through. And so when I did it, I was playing AI and I was playing a little bit uneasy, so they don't rush you, and so you're able to make. And since I was pretty much a beginner, I didn't. Uh, get into too much trouble. Although I ended up with yeah, ships that were kind of the actual stupid. game is timed, right? It's not. It, you can go with as everybody's playing. It's one when one person thinks they're done, then that starts the time. Then they flip over a timer, and then that basically starts the countdown for everybody else to finish up their ship. So you're kind of all like. Playing chicken. Playing chicken, like yeah. who are, who's going to be the one to get clo- <laughs> and any close, and then somebody grabs it and like, oh, okay, and now. Everybody else has got to finish up their ship in the next mm-hmm. what, minute or 30 seconds or something like that. I think it's about a minute to do that. So All right. uh, so it's pretty, I mean, this game's been out there for a while and yeah. people have a lot of fun. Yeah, in 2007 or eight, I think. So, uh, and it, uh, you know, there's not, there's some definite strategies, some choices. There's a lot of randomness in it. Um, and in the end, it's just kind of fun. You know, you're going to build your ship and then if, you know, if your ship isn't put together right, you're going to lose some things. And um, depending on how you're, your cards end up but there's some strategy to it i mean if you can build your ship with enough guns in the right place enough engines going the right way not a lot of op- you know it constructed well you're going to do better so um, you're going to handle the randomness better so it's it's fun and and from a quality standpoint we've been talking about in the past though some of these games just kind of like this thing is solid i mean if that box if you ever picked up the box of galaxy trucker it's all solid cardboard and everything is really thick card stock even all the player boards all the tiles, the cards are really nice, all really colorful. And this is an older game. I don't know exactly when it came out, but this is an older game that's been around. So it's a good components. Good component, yeah, excellent components for. And then there's some expansions out there too for it. So, um, yeah, maybe this is one I'll probably throw along, and because I think it's and you can break out one, one, well, two to four. There are some solo rules out there too if you really want to. Cool, excellent. And then uh, Josh, I know well, we were Troy was out of town, and I was out of town. You had some guys together for uh, some activities. Yeah, um, uh, Troy's brother John and I, and Marlon and his son Jonah um, got together. We were going to play some games, and kind of last minute, we were like, "Hey, let's let's do an M nineteen draft." So we did uh, Magic the Gathering core M nineteen draft. Um, I think uh, Marlon, John, and I all tied for the for two we went two and one <laughs> um and then jonah i think lost to everybody no no he lost to two of, i don't know we all so and and it was funny um uh, marlon beat me john beat marlon and i beat john so like we, we didn't even have a tiebreaker there so um yeah, it was kind of funny but so M19, first time they've done a core set in three years. Uh, it's been something they haven't done in a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the set itself? Like some old cards they've brought back, a lot of new stuff. What what's the general feel of the the set? Yeah, I mean it's a good mix. Um, uh, there's definitely some old cards. There's definitely some new cards. Um, um, it, a lot of the core sets feel a little. Um, disjointed almost like there's a there's not a lot of synergies like some of the the normal block sets 
Um, but a lot of really great cards, a lot of really fun stuff. So it's it's cool to see, you know, some of those old cards come out. Um, it's also cool to see um, a lot of the newer cards and the synergies they have with what's in there. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So it's a good drafting set. Who won the the best rare? Um, I think we let Marlin have it. Why? I don't remember. The answer should be me. You he, should always win. I well, I had a little too much to drink mm. that night, so. Um, we need you in tip-top shape. Yeah, yeah. Marlon made a so it was a it was a planeswalker. It was a Johnny, the the white planeswalker, and he made some uh, cat people. Yeah, right. And he 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 made a, a, a hey, I really like a Johnny. This is really great. Uh, fine, you take it. That's fine. It, I mean, it was it, it's like a ten dollar card. It wasn't like you know gonna break the bank or anything. Okay. If he if I see him selling cards at Gen Con. I'm going to report him to the league office. You should. Yep. yep. And we'll, we'll, we'll deal with them. Sanctions. Yep. Totally. So M19 draft, four guys, new cards, mm-hmm. busted some packs open. Troy, you've also opened your doors in the basement of death and prepared a bunch of brats and <laughs> everyone yeah. brought snacks and awesome. beers. Yep. We had a couple of coolers. What, uh, what was that all about? Well, it was your idea, which is always good. It was the motivation. I always, I'm always wanting to do it, but it's Ty's always a good motivator. It's like, hey, we should have a game day and get everybody ready. So we had another really big. Actually, this is probably our one of our biggest uh, kind of epic Age of Sigmar game days. We had five tables, um, and at one point we had all five tables going kind of in the evening with. Uh, uh, Age of Sigmar, and so I think everybody got at least two games in. I think you guys got some people got three in. I think Paul got three in. I think you got three in. Did you tire? At your place, I only got two. Oh, in, two. Okay. I had played Tom two games yes. earlier oh. at my house, so I had four four games in that day. <laughs> nice. Everybody warming up. This was the week before meltdown, so there was some kind of half the group there was kind of looking to kind of tune up their lists, and the other half of us were all just kind of playing for fun mm-hmm. um, but i had two really blast games it was it was good with uh aos 2.0 and it was i was i had a lot of fun setting up the tables because we actually had kind of more room and uh i still have a fridge full of beer we were <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of damage i mean i took out a lot of recycling but I, there's still a lot of beer there that, so we have to have another day to so. do another one yep. Yep. yeah and the tables are all still set up uh, I haven't I haven't got nice. around to like I've been slowly taking the terrain down and whatever, but I haven't broken everything down. Maybe I just don't want it to end. So, um, <laughs> so it was a blast. It was good. And it was kind of we're getting back to the uh, kind of the old glory days of the BOD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's an exciting time for miniature games. AOS Second Edition. Um, if you're a 40k player, there's some new codexes con- consistently coming out, and then uh, Kill Team up for yep. pre-order looks looks like that could be a lot of fun for some small. Uh, narrative campaigns or a day where yep. you play three, four games. Right. And, and that'll be like another, yeah, we, I think we can get a bunch of guys together. Of yeah. For sure. Yeah. Throw down some really cool tables. I'm cool. thinking about a Death Guard Terminator kill team. That could be pretty fun. And then I'll bring Mortarian too. <laughs> he can watch. He can. Yeah, he'll sit on the sidelines. No, he'll be part of the kill team. He's gross. Yeah. That's balanced. <laughs> totally balanced. <laughs> yeah. He's a Primarch. He's not yeah. a god. 
I think we should use the model, but give it like just trooper stats. <laughs> so Scout yeah, stats. we'll uh, we'll yeah. continue to do that, and then some bike racing. Yep, in the Tour de France, which is going to finish up this weekend as we record. Oh, it's going on right now. Yeah, it's going on right now. See, you guys just aren't in the know. Blood so, doping isn't yep. a big news story, so no, I haven't seen yeah, anything right. about <laughs> Lance Armstrong's not cheating. Who uh, cares? No, but he's yeah, he's doing a podcast though. Yeah, is it any good? I, I think if you're a, a biker, I think it's it better than ours. Mm, I don't know. Probably not. I, no, there was rumors that we should be. Um, he does it from an airstream, so we should oh. take our studio into by a an mobile airstream. studio. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Less blood doping, though. Yeah, yeah. But after the blood doping, but, you so played. We were, yeah. So I was up with uh, my sister and brother in law, who are both big cyclists, and so I always can get them to play Flamme Rouge. Um, with me and i had the bought the expansion uh peloton which adds more um like cobblestone so if you're a cyclist which you guys aren't you get, i'm getting these looks now like what are you guys talking about cobblestones which make it hard to pass and you're it's bottlenecks oh, it's a bumpy ride bumpy ride yeah. kind of hard to control okay yeah. Makes and sense. there's some feed station areas so actually wider areas where you can do some See, stuff i thought peloton was the bike that you can ride at home yeah like right. on the video screen like it, that's what yeah, i thought peloton it, it was. is but in cycling it's actually the name of the large normally you'll have the peloton which is the group main group of riders and you oh. may have like a breakaways so like leaders the people who break away from the peloton but the peloton's generally oh, the large okay. group of and because the peloton can like break the wind together and everything they'll like <laughs> swallow like up probably not that kind they're, but, not, they're not farting yeah i'm sorry i'm so juvenile tonight <laughs> up. I, I walked right yeah. into that one as yeah. soon as i said it, i'm like oh, breaking the wind. not the right term <laughs> to use break the wind. they're more aerodynamic <laughs> <laughs> and that makes them go faster yeah yeah, so, right. yeah gets them going jet propulsion mm-hmm. but we had a lot of fun with Pel- it adds some things that also adds some rules to add like kind of ai bikes does it add in beans? the race it doesn't add beans but you get some ai bikes <laughs> and so, okay. so we played it um so you can, does it add player count add all? player count you can have up to six and then actually there's also rules to play a single bike so you can play like a dozen people everybody cool. just has like one and bike I, and I, cool and i think i'll just rewind a minute i think we've talked about flam rouge before but it's yep. basically you're building a hand um yep. to to play cards to move your bikes forward so right. and i'm it, assuming it's some cool cards and yeah and it's kind of, if you remember i think we made you play tie at gen con when we got it um it was a fun game it's yeah, yeah there's some interesting choice yeah a little pressure and there's some interesting choices around because you can only play the cards once you have a certain set of cards and each of them is the number of squares like from two to nine and you have like three nines there are only three nine cards in your hand and you only get to play that once, and then it's out of the game until the end. So you really have to kind of figure out, okay, when is it going to make sense to to play this card? To, um, because there are certain times where you're going to get blocked, and you're not going to get the full advantage of it. And there's other times where, through drafting and other things, you can actually get you know make the most out of your cards to turn a four into a five or you something. Want to get else. the best bang for your buck. Bang for your buck, and that's yeah. so that's where all kind of the strategy is. And there's a, but there's a lot because you're not sure what everybody else is going to do, and it's always going to affect you. So sure, and it. It would, again for people who play who are cyclists, it creates enough of like it simulates enough of the you know it's nothing like it really is you know hard card drafting or you're, card you're not usage. like pedaling you're, you're not like pedaling anything but you can <laughs> it creates the idea of a race and it's realistic for for people like that and so they get into sure. it so 
And that's, uh, I think, Strong. It's actually a French game. I think Stronghold is the one who distributes in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, well, yeah. And then I, <clears throat> I'm i going to talk about Midwest Meltdown as, as an event, but played several games at the BOD uh, game day. And then a couple of practice games. Um, and then five games of Sigmar there. So I've, I've been a lot of Age of Sigmar. Uh, and one thing I, I know we talked about playing... I think 50 games this year was the goal. My first game at uh, Meltdown was game number 50 on the year against uh, Bryce. Bryce yeah. So <laughs> I'll talk about um, about that some more when I kind of recap Meltdown. But that was kind of my milestone. I, I hit 50 in July. So Nice. And you can't hit 50 games played if you're not keeping up on the hobby end of things. So what uh, what has been on the workbench, the paint station, the priming table, the organizing of stuff before you start building. Josh, any any progress? Well, I've I've, I've got some more mold in the basement, so um, yeah, I'm I'm working towards building a few different things. Um, and I I molded some more uh, Hearst Arts. I know it it sounds like I I say this every every episode, but it takes a lot of molding to get. You know, a lot of these bigger pieces done. You've so. got to outsource, man. I'm real close. I'm real close. Get the neighbor kids. Or, yeah, what about the right? kids? You could make an yeah. assembly line. Yeah. Do you need, like, an oven? Play-Doh. So it we can could dry bake. faster? We could have them play with clay or Play-Doh and bake it in the oven. All these are good ideas. I'm just not, yeah. I need to, we'll, we'll hook this up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, um, I'm I'm really close on, on, a f- on a few different things. And um, I have stuff done for another couple things so i just need to get all the pieces together and get them sanded and and all that stuff so did you paint your signs <sighs> i try what have you been having <laughs> i did give you signs to paint yeah they're primed paint. oh yep. nice good primed them good job so I did break out as we were doing, they talked about the the BOD game day that we did. And so part of that was that we wanted to make sure I had enough terrain for, I think I had terrain for about three and a half tables. And then luckily Ty brought a bunch of stuff and Josh brought some stuff to kind of fill out the last tables. But one of those things I had um, was the old, and I don't even know what it is anymore because I think it's the Mage Wrath Throne, but the, I have I had the old version where it's on the stone tower. Um, now I know they just sell the throne, which is the top part. Um, so this is an old kind of train piece. It's like, oh, I, I, we need more trains. So I'm going to, so that was easy enough to assemble quick. And then gave me a reason to break out one of my airbrushes that I had from, from Badger airbrush that I had never, we had gotten and I'd never even used. So broke out the, I think it's the Patriot. I broke out and did, did a quick highlight and shadow on it quick just to get some paint on it. And so we can throw it on the table. So not a whole lot of hobby. And then, um, I'll, I'll say putting up five tables was my other hobby. <laughs> yeah it takes time man cool well i um i started a bit of a hobby streak so i don't know if anyone's familiar listeners or you guys but there's hashtag hobby streak uh that's going on on twitter right now where people kind of use it to show pictures and work in progress mm-hmm. stuff as they paint or model or do whatever so i started that um and i i went through a, a 13 day hobby streak uh, so it started with a hobby night at Brendan's where I assembled a stone horn. Um, because originally before Meltdown, I was going to bring Beast Claw Raiders. Uh, <laughs> so I put together a stone horn, started to paint it, did all of my Beast Claw bases, uh, and got them, you know, full of snow effects. So they're all ready now. Everything's looking great. 
I play some practice games, um, and I just get my butt kicked. And then I came to the BOD game day, played Beast Claw and won easily, but just didn't have a good feeling about it. So that was about a week out from uh, Meltdown. So a hobby streak day is 7 through like 11 or 6 through 11 or 12. We're assembling, priming, and painting 40 models <laughs> for my <laughs> for my death list. So I put together uh, 40 chain rasps from the new um, Soul Wars box, the Night Haunt models to use as a big block of infantry in my death army that I ended up bringing the meltdown. And my hobby streak came to an end last night uh, because I was recording another episode of Ash and Harold or, or Harold Crafting and then prepping for tonight's episode of this and just didn't get a chance. So um, I don't think podcast counts as hobby. Uh, (laughs) We haven't stretched it to that yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, so it comes to an end, and and basically it's Gen Con's fault um, because if it wasn't for Gen Con and having to do this preview episode right before Gen Con, I would have been able to hobby. And I did start hobbying again tonight while Landon was playing Minecraft downstairs. I started putting together some of the Stormcast doing just as a gift for a friend of mine. Um, so I'm doing the assembly for him as kind of a surprise. And then I'll just hand those over. So Very cool. cool. Yeah, you're doing better than, yeah. I, it's funny, like, I, it hasn't been since, like, Adepticon when we had some crazy streaks, but... I think that burned me out and like I hadn't I haven't had a crazy hobby streak since <laughs> since then but I need motivation um and we'll see usually it, it is like when you're doing a tournament or something else is a great motivator to well the BOD game day kind of got me going so yeah. um I, I started working on um I, I brought my beast claw as well and and I have to finish the bases um so yeah I, I started working on those uh, to try to get them done um uh, they're very close so but yeah that's Beyond that, that's uh, that was my hobby. Well, hey, that's good to get some work done. Yeah. One one thing I count as hobby too is list building, mm-hmm. um, and the drive home from meltdown with Bryce <laughs> Bryce in the car with Tom and I. We were trying to think of ways Tom could adjust his uh, his mm-hmm. Iron Jaws list to be fun and exciting, and we came up with some ways to get a third dragon back in there. Nice. Um, and, and just some craziness for destruction. So we were just tossing around ideas, looking up war scrolls. Mm-hmm. And that kind of banter, even after all three of us had just played five games and spent 48 <laughs> hours like absorbed in the hobby, we spent the majority of that three-and-a-half-hour drive back uh, just talking about lists and how games went and what we could have done different. So it was, uh, it was a, a shot in, you know, adrenaline shot to the, uh, the general Age of Sigmar hobby for me. All right. So... Once we're done picking the uh, super glue and paint off our fingers, we hit the <laughs> keyboards to look at Kickstarter. I don't know if you guys have anything new, um, but as at the time of recording, the Kickstarter window has closed on Simon's uh, Cthulhu Death May Die, Eric Lang, Rob Daviau. It did not come close to the uh, grand prediction I made of $10 million plus dollars <laughs> or $12 million. Um, after they hit their first mill, it slowed down a bit. I think they ended probably somewhere north at two and a half million dollars, um, close to three potentially in the final hours of the Kickstarter. So, um, I definitely pledged that though. I, I waited. I wasn't sure. Cause a lot of times like massive darkness, I pledged, I went all in and I've played it once. Um, some of the zombie side stuff haven't broken out. So starting to get a little bit of that. I don't know if it's fatigue or just not able to get stuff to the table. Um, 
so it, it has created this hesitancy to, to actually back stuff on Kickstarter. Um, but I, I ended up pledging. So I think it'll be a fun, a really fun game. It's a, it's a setting I enjoy. The minis look awesome. And um, I'm sure when that arrives sometime in 2019, I will have time for it. Yep. So do you think that it was, I, I didn't follow that Kickstarter a whole lot, but because there wasn't a lot of, there was a lot of add-ons, but there weren't like, I don't know, crazy add-ons for that game. At least my understanding, right? It was just more like more heroes and, and things more like that. And just a more couple heroes, more couple of monsters, bosses. Yeah. but nothing that really a season two people. expansion. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think part of what, what went south for them is, so they had that huge, like expansion the, the, miniature the toddler mini yep. yeah the yep. toddler sized cthulhu <laughs> miniature that actually was like a part of the board you could play on his base um but what they did is they because the production time and costs were so high for it they limited the release of how many they had available and then they would put another couple hundred out um and it was a 250 dollar pledge to get that and a hundred just for the base game and kickstarter mm-hmm. exclusives and then as they sold out, they'd put another one like a couple months later. So people were people were furious. Like the comments on the page and their Facebook, it, it kind of had a, a really negative backlash. And just like most Kickstarters, you get a very vocal, yeah. angry mob mentality. And then people are posting comments about how they'll never back anything again. And this is ridiculous. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it is what it is. But it got to the point where if you pledged that 250 level, you weren't going to get it until fulfillment until June of 2020. Mm-hmm. So they had it so far yeah. out because of the production involved right. that I, I think that probably impacted their, you know, their return on the, the Kickstarter campaign. Um, I don't know how much, but if you're willing to get that out and have more of them available, right. I think you have a more successful higher dollar uh, volume Kickstarter campaign. It was a short one. I think it only ran yeah, 13 it was or 14 shorter, days. Yeah, it was only like so, 13 or 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they knew what they were going to okay. get, and they were just, let's get through it and get it out yep. and then work on other stuff. So mm-hmm. big campaign, um, a lot still to be delivered and to see. I I really think the gameplay is going to be really cool. I mean, Eric Lang yep. and Rob Davia do some incredible work, so I, I'm glad I'm not missing this one. <laughs> um, there are some that I have backed in the past where I'm like, eh, I wish I had probably not given them $300. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, in, I'm really glad you backed it too. Cause I'm interested to play it, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'm like Troy. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I'm interested to play it. I'm, gl- I'm really glad yep. you backed it. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on Kickstarter recently? No, I haven't. Yeah, cool. I have not had anything that I've been jumping around on Kickstarter. I think everything else we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Cool. And again, I'm so far. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> my in-flight Kickstarter list is way over double digits, and so. <laughs> All right, and then um, we'll move on to a few other things that we saw that are kind of cool and unique. Before I talk mm-hmm. about Midwest Meltdown, um, but there's some big box games that have been shown from Games Workshop. I already alluded to the fact that Kill Team. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I've pre-ordered my copy of the the base game for that. Cool. But uh, I know Troy, you want to talk a little bit about some big robots. Yeah, Adeptus <laughs> Titanicus. So they, I think, announced this is the rumors have been this out for a while. They kind of made official announcement at one of the game days a 
few months ago, but they have it. I think one of the recent, I don't know if it was a forge world day or something over in England, um, that they had an unboxing. So they have it, it's made, it's sitting in the warehouse somewhere. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see the unboxing and the, the warlord Titans and the, the, all the different, uh, miniatures are just crazy. The amount of plastic you get in the box, but then there's the, the rule set and the, you get a card, kind of a play card for each one. It looks like, um, and it looks like, I mean, the only thing that's interesting, it looks like it's going to be more, uh, what, you know, older, I mean, older style rules. So, cause you saw templates. Um, so that's what I kind of see, right. Unlike eighth edition, right. You, you saw templates and some kind of, some of the scat, you know, dice, scatter dice kind of things. It may be missing a little bit, but at first glance at what it kind of looked like in terms of what it's probably closer to what the original kind of rules were or like, um, kind of what maybe Necromunda is like, um, the current rule set for that. Um, yeah, but the miniatures look crazy. The production value was crazy. The rule book was just gorgeous. I mean, very, you know, games workshop, the way they're doing these big core boxes is just amazing. So if you get a chance to take a peek at that, at uh, there's a really good one on YouTube, the guy that has it. And I think there's been some more because I think it's starting to get some demo copies put out there. So I think it's something I'm, even if, I don't know, like just to have it and <laughs> who knows how often we'll really play it. But I think it looks really cool. And because the war, I'm holding my fan, the war, they're kind of like dreadnought, more than dreadnought size for like the world, you know, they're yeah, the good the titan models are inches. somewhere between the dreadnought and the knights, the current yeah. knights. Um, yeah. And, and it looks, I mean, you looked at the sprues, like, they're some serious models. Like it seems like they have all the detail that the full size ones have, just kind of scaled down that's to that one quarter size. That kind of what they are. That's awesome. Very cool. And then uh, Wizards of the Coast partnered up with um, our friend uh, Ivan, Ivan Ivan Van Norman, who authored the ABCs of RPGs that we've talked about, and have mm. all I think all have purchased mm. at this this. Uh, around this table <laughs> yep um but they announced the partnership so troy i know i think you you posted that and yeah so they um so uh ivan and caleb i think it's caleb caleb cleveland is the artist um are so wizards of the coast has made a deal and they're putting out kind of D versions of uh, abcs of D, and then they're also announced a new book one two threes of D. Uh, with again, I think Ivan wrote it and Caleb did the, the art, so that looks looks really cool. Um, and yeah, so they're gonna make me buy the book again, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one, two, three's book too, because it's uh, it's fun numbers, and it's right? there to read it. So, yeah. so I didn't I didn't put this in the show notes, but um, recently the CEO of Hasbro hmm. made some statements about um, what what's interesting, focused on wizards hmm. and the Dungeons and Dragons brand that it's the best year they've ever had from a financial um, standpoint that he hopes to, and he didn't, I don't think he provided a lot of detail, but he hopes to see Dungeons and Dragons expand into competitive esports. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I would anticipate a new game versus, you know, people playing D and D competitively, but who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. it, it could be, you know, a dungeon crawl tournament. I, I don't see yeah, that happening, yeah. but, um, and then they also recently announced two new they for the Adventurers Guild and the um, they have the Dungeon Masters Vault where people can write content and release it. As a part of that, they release source material that 
people can use to include in the adventures they write for world building. And in the past, it's only been the Forgotten Realms. Well, they just announced um, Eberron uh, campaign setting coming to the the DM's um, section. And then a merger of the worlds between magic and Dungeons and Dragons with Ravnica um, source and setting material. So uh, it would be really interesting to see what comes of that as as far as actual licensed um, products from uh, D&D in those worlds or if they'll keep it more to that, you know, content creator side of things. Yeah, well, super rumor. And so maybe by the time we come out, people go the other way. I don't know if you saw that there was a leak, supposedly an Amazon leak for a Ravica source book. Yeah. Uh, and so whether that's yeah. real or not, probably, right? If it shows up on Amazon, it probably is a pre, there's some, probably something in the pipe. Yeah. And I know James Wyatt, who's written most of the, um, the narrative for Ravnica had partnered up with them on a lot of that. So he's been very involved in, um, in that setting. So we'll, we'll see if it actually ends up being, you know, a product. I bet we'll see it this coming weekend, yeah. <laughs> if, if anything, um, at, at Gen Con, but yeah. All right. And then rather than doing a, um, you know, a main topic, since we are talking about Gen Con, I definitely want to spend a little bit of time recapping Midwest Meltdown. Mm-hmm. See if you guys have any questions about <clears throat> how Meltdown went, what it was like playing, you know, one of the first big tournaments in, in the new edition. Um, but first, I'll just give some, you know, demographics of of the tournament and then a quick recap of my opponents in the games and then see if you guys have anything you want to know about uh, Midwest Meltdown. Yeah. So it was a uh, ended up being fifty seven players that showed up. Originally, had sixty two registered. So there was a ringer, Tom McClure. Uh, Tom's just a great guy. He played as the fifty eighth guy for the weekend. Um, Two day five round tournament in Peoria at a uh, it was at a hotel like a Stony Creek in Convention Center. Um, and we got in Friday night, kind of hung out in the hall. You see everybody from Detroit. You see everybody from you know. Chicago area that travels the indie guys were there um, and it's kind of cool seeing the same people you know at these last yeah. few few tournaments like Bruce City and uh and in this one <clears throat> and then um tournament play started Saturday and Domus allowed everyone to set up grudge matches in advent in mm-hmm. advance if they wanted to for for round one so Bryce called me out because <laughs> as long as we've known each other now we've never played a game against one another so um we wanted to just start the tournament off and uh we we had a really fun game um i learned a few very important lessons playing bryce the the new stormcast uh they have that comet endless spell and if you're gathered together and the comet lands near you it's pulsing to hit everything um same with heralder there's a lot of mortal wound output from the new stormcast stuff and some of the older stormcast stuff so my models were grouped together, and I took a ton of damage. I forgot that my vampire had a blood chalice to heal uh, and just made some some tactical deployment errors uh, and ended up we ended up playing a pretty long game, um, and I fought my way back. There was a point or two where I maybe could have busted out to swing it, but I ended up with a minor loss uh, against Bryce in round one. So then round two, I played another Stormcast player, uh, Chuck Giardina from Bloomington, so near near yep, Peoria. Yep. Um, Chuck was an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, 
he runs a convention in flat uh in bloomington normal called FlatCon. i've been there you've been the FlatCon. i've been many so many he, years ago he's but running the there. aos piece of it and yeah. it's a charity fundraiser they're doing like a three three round sunday tournament so just wanted to plug FlatCon for chuck um try to get some details uh or at least the facebook in, in our show notes um played his stormcast and he had three of the new ballistas that he deployed up in the sky, he dropped them down and just assassinated Arkin. <laughs> like turn yeah. one, run two, hitting on a four with the ordinator, twelve shots I think inside eighteen inches, and any hit becomes d six attempts to wound, and it's uh, wounding on threes, run two damage one. So he put like twenty four wounds in the Arkin at run two, um, and then just you know I burned a couple objectives early couldn't really bounce back so got a major loss there so i'm sitting on zero and two and i went upstairs to what we were calling the relegation room so <laughs> the main room had about 23 um, tables and then upstairs there were five or six six seven tables upstairs in a separate okay. conference room and it was the the bottom table so everyone started referring to it as the relegation room and everyone up there was calling it the fun room yeah. <laughs> um, so i i played against uh tanya she's from the chicago area she had a, just an awesome narrative flesh eater courts army she provided a little short story on her army list and everything looked really cool but a lot of ghouls a couple of big tear guys and ghoul king mounted on one uh and then some crypt flares so death on death uh and it got incredibly bloody and violent. It was the relocation or mission, so the the objective randomly moves around mm-hmm. the table. Um, and I ended up uh, ended up winning that one with a major win, and I think close to tabling or, or got full kill points. So that ended the day on kind of a high note. But we had a lot of fun. There was a center uh, center battle where it was my zombie dragon, her two terror guys, like six crypt flares, my forty chain rest, all within a little concentric yeah. ring in the middle of the table, just trying to Duking it get out. an upper hand. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. So I was sitting on one and two with a minor loss and a major loss and a major win. Um, so I had 18 points. Day two started right away in the morning, um, matched up against uh, Andrea Schwant, uh, That So Relian is her husband, Brad, is one of the best players in the country. He was on the top tables all weekend. Andrea had just an amazing-looking Deepkin army. Um, had an Achillean cool. King, Volternos, a bunch of eels, her shipwreck. She ended up winning Best Painted um, and played played her in one where you needed a, na- a character with an artifact or a name character or a wizard to control points. So I just advanced onto the two points and then just kind of sat okay. there for three turns, held it. It, was a really t- it would have been a really tough one for her to win. Um, and I got full points, major win there. So had a blast playing Andrea though, was sitting at, you know, 33 points, uh, pretty good position for game five. And then I lined up against who's becoming my, my nemesis now, Christian, <laughs> Ware. uh, Christian and I played in a doubles tournament at Grognards earlier this year in a super close game that came down to the final turn when Brendan and I were playing there. Then we played uh, around three or four at Bruce city where we had a game that came down to my final turn where I retreated onto an objective to win. This one was just the same way. He was playing his deepkin, a bunch of eels, had two objectives on each side to hold. I managed to crack him off his first. Thankfully, deepkin thralls have really low bravery, so like I did five wounds with an endless spell, and he battle-shocked off. 
Uh, so I was able to move over and take it half turn before he broke through my chain wraps horde that were wrapped around a necromancer. Yeah. The necromancer survived with one wound, oh, wow. which kept the eels there yeah. for an extra turn. <laughs> uh, so they couldn't get over to my other objective. And then I won priority on the turn five. So there was just all this stuff happening. And Christian and I just always have these amazingly close games. Um, but his stuff was, was painted really well. And just, he's a great guy. He's Australian, but he lives mm-hmm. in Chicago now. And uh, we just, we always have, seem to have these okay. super close, really fun games. So it was a great way to end the tournament. I got the major full points. So hit my secondary objective, finished three and two with three full point major wins. And then a minor loss where I got three points. So ended up 16th, uh, full, you know, full paint, full sports, um, had a really good time. So top 20, I was really happy because I've had a bit of a, a bit of a rough road the last couple of tournaments. <laughs> so it was nice to play a list, get the practice yeah. in, um, and, uh, and see, you know, see a, a decent finish. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. So there were five Nagashas. I was going to say the, the meta was the, what I heard was death. Yeah. <laughs> 15 death armies, five Nagashas, five Arkans. So, Nagash, every Nagash army had a spell portal, and the spell portal would go up, and Hand of Dust would come through the spell portal. Hand mm-hmm. of Dust is you cast on a five, you pick a model, and then you put a dice in one of your two hands. Your opponent picks which hand. If it's the hand with the dice, the model's safe. If it's the <laughs> hand without the dice, the model's removed from play. So Nagash versus Nagash lined up, and Hand of Dusted Nagash through a spell portal. <laughs> three times in like turn one so it was just like uh once the big guy goes that's the game but it happened at top table and table two and then table like it anytime they lined up against one another it was it was the turn one hand of dust uh, attempt what if you're playing a magician oh he's like yeah. Poof. Oh, there's either there's, <laughs> there's probably a die in no hands right. or both. Right? There is no yeah. spoon. Yeah, there is no spoon. Yeah. So <laughs> so Nagash uh Nagash went like one, four, maybe five. I don't know. Three Nagashes were near the top. Brendan um ended up losing to Kyle, a guy playing Sylvaneth. It was a monster yep. mash kind of Sylvaneth list and a minor loss. And then won his last game. So he finished second overall. Um, with Nagash, but didn't have to play another Nagash and won best death. Brad uh, Schwant at Relian on Twitter, a uh, huge guy in the community, mm-hmm. ended up going 5 0, five major wins with Nagash winning best overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah from the club, he won Brew City with the Cunning Rock. Yeah. He was playing Iron Jaws. He finished, I think, 11th and won best destruction. Uh, Bryce won best sports. With Odin, the, the Wonder Pub. <laughs> the wonder. So Odin and Bryce won Best Sportsman. Um, and uh, we, we had, you know, Dave, another Milwaukee guy, finished six overall. Mark finished ninth. We had, um, you know, Milwaukee really represented. We had 11 people there out of the, the field, and, and uh, it was good to see some success from, you know, all the practice games and the hard work that goes into it for the club. So Very cool. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, so any lists that had Wizards? Um, I guess how many actually used endless spells? It sounded like a lot of the Nagash lists obviously had yeah. spell portal, but yeah, there were um, I would say more than half the list there used endless spells. Sure. Um, I want to say Geminids was in fifteen lists. Uh, 
spell portals were in seven or eight lists there. So for sure it was a part of the meta and it's going to be um, endless mm-hmm. spells and the, the realm rules. So every round Domus would give us what realm it took place mm-hmm. in. And that opens up a list of six realm spells that are available to wizards. And then one realmscape feature that's in effect that he would select. Um, and those spells were, were used. I mean, the round four banishment, it was in the realm of light. There's a spell banishment, which he did FAQ. And he said, cause the spell had originally read, it's since been changed in the official <laughs> FAQ, which is interesting <laughs> that you would cast it on enemy unit within 12 or 18 inches. Then you pick up that unit and move them 24 inches away, nine from any other enemy models. But they changed it to your opponent picks up that unit and puts it 24 mm-hmm. inches away, nine from any enemy models. So Tom played uh, this guy, Aaron, um, uh, horse show minis on, on Twitter, who won Coolest Army, which mm-hmm. was the the judges in TO's selection for like just cool was, what they yeah. thought was cool with a really cool Nurgle uh, army. He cast Banishment against Tom three times in his places of power. So Tom's mock rusher would come fly up and take an objective. Aaron would banish it. Tom would move it, charge it back in. Aaron would banish it. Uh, and I guess I came up there because I won that game you know, with some time left and watched a little bit. They just had a blast. Super fun, but used to that rule. Endless spells, though, were prevalent, um, unless you forgot them, like me one game. I just forgot they were in my been against andrea and never cast any of them mm-hmm. um and it's it's a lot to remember though the new yeah. spells the wizards are important you need wizards um mm-hmm. i with this spell being 30 inches and no ability to remove an endless spell if you don't have a wizard okay. um i really feel like they're trying to encourage magic users and wizards being a part of a, a well-rounded list mm-hmm. and it it showed i mean you look at the top you had Nagash, you had a Nurgle list with a couple. You had Alarial um, and a Branch Wraith and a you know a Spirit of Drycha. Drycha was in there. So you had uh, Brad, who won, had Nagash and Arkin, two of the best wizards in the game. I mean, I think that's where the meta is right now. Now there wasn't a lot of shooting, which is interesting. Um, shooting army you know those three ballistas if they end up against nagash they drop in they kill nagash run two is what it takes you know high high output so mm-hmm. the meta is changing and it's still developing but it was really interesting to see the prevalence of wizards and endless spells in in the top tables very cool um i mean just super fun weekend though I'm totally juiced up to keep going um we're gonna dive right into a tale of you know seven or eight warlords however many guys we have participate building new armies because we've got kind of a lull before the next really right, there's a little uh, until october there's a couple small can, local one you go play at gen con i could i thought about it <laughs> so the guys the guys from india i might bring my army and try to catch up with them wednesday yeah. night or uh thursday or friday just because they're they're a really cool yeah. group of guys um dan and dominic and mike and this guy nick that all live and work downtown and hang out in the area yeah. so might might try to catch up with them if i throw my army in but midwest meltdown any other questions about aos 2.0 the tournament next year so we might have to find a way to get, yeah, get down i, th- I think so so domus last year had 27 people this year 57 <laughs> his goal next year i think is 80 wow he wants to continue to expand yeah. it make it a, a feature of the tournament and scene how was the venue 
it, it sounded like you're a little cramped for space. Venue was space, a little but. cramped. Um, they uh, they gave them a really good rate on the mm-hmm. room um, because there was a reunion on Saturday that mm-hmm. used the other half wow. of the ballroom, so we only had like half wow. of it. So if you get sure. the whole thing, so if like it was it. a weekend where you could get the whole thing, he he may stay there uh, or he may change venues. Okay. Um, Probably depends but, on if he can get that whole ballroom or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And did you guys stay at that hotel? Though? Yeah, we, yeah, we stayed yeah. at the hotel. Uh, right next to it, too, I, I want to mention there was this uh, seafood restaurant, Peoria. It was right on the river in Peoria, um, just outside of like downtown Peoria, down one of the highways a little bit. But it was uh, Jonah's Oyster Bar and Jonah's Oyster House. So. Mm-hmm. Two separate places that look like they should be one, same owner, but like one's run as more of like a bar and the other is like the formal restaurant. So Friday night, Bryce and Tom and I go sit at the oyster bar, get a little table. Tom ordered fried oysters. I had like a Cuban sandwich. Bryce had something else. Um, Ordered some appetizers, had awesome beer and food. Like this was great. The next night, the guys all went and we had three different tables. They couldn't get us all together. We had 14 guys there. You know, and uh, we had some of the best seafood. What's crazy is we're in Peoria, Illinois, and we had just incredibly good seafood. I had chai Thai seasoned scallops. So it was like chai, cinnamon, some other spices, almost like a blackened crust that they dusted over the scallops that were just melt in your mouth good. Tom had this like kind of hot Thai seasoned. Did you hear him? It was chai Thai seasoned. Chai Thai. Chai Thai seasoned. (laughs) Tom had awesome food. Bryce had blackened uh, halibut or something like just incredible. We had calamari. We had like um, shrimp and crab egg rolls, appetizers, and then a new Orleans style bread pudding, like dessert. So we just splurged. It was kind of like Adepticon where we went and had the big uh, steak dinner. So it felt it was just delicious. Well, you know, you know why you go to that seafood restaurant, right? Why, Josh? <laughs> For the halibut. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was Midwest Meltdown. Uh, AOS 2.0 is is here to stay. Um, a lot of fun, great guys. Just you know, Domus did an incredible job putting it together, um, and it was it was tough. Like that Detroit team showed up, and. Uh, we're just crushing it. There were some really good players, um, and everybody had a good time. Some, you know, there's always a minor yeah. like sportsmanship issue where somebody <laughs> acts like a dick. But um, what team did Bryce play for? <laughs> so Drake, Drake Gate, yeah, uh, Drake Gate eighteen. Um, I, I officially cannot make any comments in my role as the interim GM of the guys from Milwaukee Club. Fair enough. Um, but you can consult Twitter. Yeah, and check uh, out Twitter. He was he was released on Sunday morning um, before he could make his free agency decision. Uh, after he decided to eat breakfast with the Detroit team in Oof. the uh, breakfast area, he Oof. got up from our table and sat over there. Wow! He did accept his award wearing a D- Detroit Warhammer Club T-shirt. Oh! Um, but. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Just a side narrative. There was so much like going on. It was it was just super fun atmosphere. And the the Twitter the fake Twitter beef was pretty epic. It was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. Dan Dan from AOS Shorts picked it up, and like um, Brendan became like the Midwestern representative of Team New Zealand. So there was <laughs> there was some fun hijinks going on. Like that WWE style of narrative. Right, yeah. <laughs> that we've added to the Age of Sigmar scene. Yeah. 
I will try and find the link and drop it in the show notes. In that thread. <laughs> it, it was. It's worth. Yeah. A, it's worth a read. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll go into our main topic. We'll talk about Gen Con the Lie, Gen Con Fifty One, Gen Con L I. Uh, and give a preview of what we're excited to see there, some new games and releases, as well as some of our standard um, tips and and reasons that we keep going back uh, to Indianapolis for Gen Con. So hang in there, and we'll be right back. Welcome back from the break. Hope everybody's ready as we dive head first, maybe feet first, maybe a cannonball Cannonball. into the big pool that is Gen Con 51. Gen Con taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, several years now. What are we up to? About probably 16, 17 years in in Indy. Um, 2001, 2002, something like that. Yeah, yeah. At least least a Baker's dozen. (laughs) A long streak. They've been renewed a few more years in Indy. Um, and that city continues to impress with how they handle the, the droves of people that, that flock there. Um, Gen Con is, is actually right around the corner. We're about a week out at the time of recording. Um, we'll be departing from our homes on the way there on Wednesday the 1st. Uh, the convention itself takes place Thursday the 2nd through Sunday the is that 5th. Mm-hmm. Math is tough. Math is hard. It is the 5th. So, uh, 2nd through the 5th, downtown Indy at the convention center and surrounding hotels and most of Lucas Oil <laughs> feel, yeah. uh, Field. So, yeah, It was funny. I was thinking, like, in the past, you've kind of looked like sometimes there's been other events in Indy during Gen Con. But now, like, they... The, like there was one year where there was a Colts game. There was game. a Colts preseason game. <laughs> preseason there game was a, when there was, there was an Indianapolis Indians minor right. league game. Game there, and, and there was a concert at the park. It was like Taste of India yeah. or something going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now it's like everyone else just spreads Vacates. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Leave it to the gamers. <laughs> so, how we're going to handle our Gen Con preview is Gen Con's always a time where the game companies and the designers release their new stuff. A lot of it's demos. A lot of it's first look at different um, different projects what we like to do is focus uh, mainly on games that should be available for you to purchase at gen con uh, new releases or or very close to market where sometimes it's advanced copies that are available in, in limited runs um, but we each have a list of games that we'll be looking for perhaps you know checking out yeah. the demo if you have a crazy acquisition disorder confirmed by a mental health professional like me, you might be purchasing them all. Um, but we're, we're each going to go through our list of what we think looks really cool, um, talk a little bit about the game, um, what, what interests us. And then we'll also head into some of our experience convention going uh, tips and tricks and, and other things that we're really interested in checking out. Or uh, maybe even some of the events that we'll be participating in at at Gen Con. So, without um, more preamble from me, I thought Troy, we would let you start with uh, one of the games off your list that you're really interested in in seeing. Sure. So I'll start out with this one, which was a surprise to me, and I actually didn't know this was happening. Um, is that Hasbro, um, Wizards of Coast, Big Brother, right, or whatever, Father, whatever they are, right? The parent company. The parent company. That's the word I'm looking for, probably. Yeah, father. Um, that works. Father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're putting out the Transformers trading card game. So nice. I, 
Um, ah. <laughs> and uh, and it looks like you have Autobots, Decepticons, typical. Um, again, because they own Magic Gathering, you have tapping of cards and um, very, very, you know, typical trading card combat kind of game. Looks like it's kind of fun. Um, it's one of these things I don't know that I'm going to get deep into it, but it might. It'd probably be fun just to buy a starter and yeah, we'll buy a bunch down. of packs and, and play one night. Yeah, throw yeah. down Optimus fun. Prime. I just, I just hope that it's not art from the movies. I don't <laughs> want to look at Shia LaBeouf, Mark Wahlberg. I'd rather no. see the cartoon. It looks like yeah. it's cartoon art. It looks okay. like it's art okay, cool. cartoon. Yeah, it's not. And I don't. Yeah, it doesn't look like it has anything to do with the movie. It looks again. It's Hasbro, so they own the toys. So I Good, bet you it's the I want, toys and I want Michael Bay to be so far away from my. <laughs> gaming experience i want to keep some joy in gaming troy yeah yeah and michael so bay destroys I, I joy i think you can like block out the movies okay. and just focus on good do you, old do you know michael bay's keyboard when he writes his screenplays is all exclamation points and the word explosion on the space bar that's all it is it's exclamation right. point exclamation point explosion exclamation point all right josh what do you have in your list yeah <laughs> i don't i don't even know um <clears throat> so, a uh, great game that we, we like to play, Terraforming, Terraforming Mars. Uh, there's an expansion. It's actually a prelude uh, by Stronghold Games. Um, so, uh, some of the, the feedback they, they, they heard was um, getting getting the game going was a little slow. So, there's five new corporations and seven new project cards and kind of helps things, helps speed things up a little bit. So, Stronghold Games, it's thirty dollars. Um, there's you know a bunch of a bunch of new stuff there. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to check that out and see what it's all about. Sounds in, yeah, interesting. From the that yeah. kind of changes the beginning the beginning part of the game. Yeah, kind of kind of gets yeah. gets things moving a little bit quicker. I I do remember uh, when we we played Terraforming Mars. It, it starts a little slow. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it speeds things yeah. up. So. They weren't too in depth in the uh, in the what what I read, but um, yeah, definitely gonna go check it out. All right, Tyson. Yeah, so I'm gonna start with the game I'm most excited about. I'm not gonna oh, build. You're not up. gonna build. I'm gonna cut down, but then people are gonna like turn this off. That's fine. I've got. They're in the several. car right now. Like we're going to Gen Con. All right. Oh, All right, that's fine. it. Ty told fine. us what we then, want, and now right. we're gonna. I'm gonna just, wait. Like, turn okay. it off. I've been overruled. Oh, wow. So, so there is a game coming from uh, Plat Hat Games, and I'm breaking mm. the rules since you you made me rewind my statement. This is good. No, I like this. Big. I like this as a starter. I'm yep. breaking the rules. So Isaac Vega um, has done Ashes. Was involved in um, Dead of Winter, Winter with John Gilmore. Um, he has just a, a bunch of games out now. There's the Spaceship Samurais. There's uh, a new title of his, though, that they're going to be um, demoing at uh, Gen Con called Neon Gods. So in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of sci-fi film and literature kind of in that dystopian near future. Um, Neon Gods is a area control game with, I think, some miniatures, maybe some card drafting or hand management involved, in which you are one of many street gangs in a futuristic city. Mm-hmm vying for control um almost like the warriors um, mm. but with that neon near, more near sci-fi or sci-fi um flair so isaac just does fantastic games the art looks really cool 
Um, it looks like a unique thing that, you know, there, there's, there's been a little bit of with the Godfather game, um, and, and, you know, Sons of Anarchy from Gale Forest, the area control, but this puts it in a, uh, a theme that I think is really cool with a designer that just does fantastic job. And he's really one of the young, you know, young up and coming. He's, he's probably got a long career ahead of him and it's cool to see where he's gone so far. Um, and, and plaid hat, uh, he's still operating somewhat independently, but I think they are part of that. Um, is it Z man now or Asmodee? Uh, they've yeah, been they're wrapped part of Asmodee, one of the, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but operating independently, Colby's still making all the, you know, decisions and creative control. So, um, I like what they do. I'm excited to, to sit down and demo this one and, and hopefully it's available pretty close to Gen Con or, or shortly after, but neon gods plaid hat designed by Isaac Vega. Cool. All right, Josh, what's, what's next on your, uh, your wish list? So, um, yeah, one of our rules was, uh, to try not to talk about demo games, actual games that you can purchase there. I, I broke the rules. Right. Ty broke the rules. It, so I'm going to, as long as it's cool. Yeah. The, the thing is, you'll see a lot, there'll be a lot of stuff in the hall. Right. That may or may not actually ever be a real game. Actually, most of them end up as games, but there's a lot of stuff you may, you'll see, like you may not be out until next gen con. Right. Or, or a lot of stuff sometimes you'll see and it shows up in a lot different form than what you'll see um see in the hall for some point and then there's also there, there we we're going to get to a little bit but there's kind of was it the first look call or first what's the name of the uh yeah yeah first look call yeah, or early something exposure. early exposure hall yeah, yeah where yeah, there, where you do have more prototypes and people really trying to get that the testing but mm-hmm. yeah but we tried to kind of keep at least for this this discussion stuff that's tangible right yeah. Um, so the reason, uh, well, so here, let me go into it. So Chronicles (laughs) of Crime, uh, it's by Lucky Mm. Duck Games. Uh, it's a co-op. So your co-op crew, the coop Mm -hmm. crew, uh, could, could play, but it's a, it's a, it's a coop crime investigation game, co-op crime investigation game. So, um, the, the cool thing about this game is, um, you can, you, you use QR codes uh, for like scan and play type stuff, so it's using like technology um, involved in that, and then you also have VR glasses and your mobile device to like search for clues like in different areas and stuff. So I think it's using a lot of cool new technologies within game uh, to like uh, enhance the games and, and do, do something they, cool. Do they give you VR glasses? They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see the components of this game and demo it and to see it like you know like actually touch it and and see what's going on before i buy a game like this that's why i wanted to share this demo because it's not for sale yet but uh definitely something i want to check out i'm skeptical it's like when a movie theater gives you 3d glasses right no i'm I'm with you and and i want to see if if it's worth a purchase or worth a play or not. Um, so yeah, I want to demo it to, to check it out before yeah, you do our investigative journalism. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to use the magnifying glass, uh, for Chronicles of crime. Yeah, Just that launch sounds like, interesting. 30 questions at the people at the booth. Just barrage them. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Be that guy. <laughs> Troy, what do you got? So what, one of the one things that interesting me, I don't have a lot of uh, information on the game itself, but the theme grabbed me was, um, if anybody's ever read the comic Kick-Ass or seen mm-hmm. the movie, a lot of people probably more have seen the movie. Yep. Um, but there is a, a Kick-Ass board game coming out from CMON 
Uh, so those two things, the theme, and then I look at it, Simon, who usually does pretty good games. Um, so it was probably something I'll check out, whether I'll get it or not, I'm not sure, but um, it looks like it's, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, kind of you take on the role of one of the heroes, vigilantes, you're trying to keep New York City safe, kind of fighting things out. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see because like, there's some cooperative play mechanisms in there. So I could get us to the, kind of the could the, the co-op crew or the coop crew. Yes. Josh wants us to trademark the name, I guess. <laughs> that, um, that. So Simon, kick ass, two things. Definitely, I'm going to try and check it out. And it was a surprise. It was one of these things I just got discovered as I was kind of doing research. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. So, Ty. excellent. Well, I kind of I br- I broke additional rules because I exceeded the <laughs> list of titles that we were supposed to limit this to. So I'm going right. to just do two quick hits. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Ryder Games. They've done Hostage Negotiator. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is really cool about that is solo play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of go through and, and win the game on your own. I think, Troy, you've I've played, you've it. played yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, the designer of that has a new one coming out called The Big Score. The Big Score is not a solo play game. Uh, there is a solo play variant, but the game takes place in two phases. The first is you're secretively building a hand and putting um, different... You're a kingpin, and there's this there's this big score, like a bank robbery or a heist of some sort. So the first phase of the game, all the players are secretively um, bidding, assembling their hands, putting together their crew uh, and different crimes around the city to draw attention or do different components of the, the heist. And then the second phase where you're actually playing through and trying to complete the heist and have your criminal enterprise be the be the winner of it. So it looks really unique. Um, I like the concept of heist games in general. There's not a lot of them out there that I'm familiar with. Uh, this one comes from a, a pretty strong design concept where what they had with Hostage Negotiator and card play and how, how you get there. The fact there is a solo variant was interesting. So Van Ryder Games, the big score. Um, and then we kind of joked about this because for years Tom's had the idea of a, a <laughs> card game that's about how busy kitchens get in preparing oh. <laughs> orders, trick-taking. This isn't really a card game. This is kind of a board and, and hand management yep. game from Stronghold called Kitchen Rush. Yep. I saw, it was uh, funny. I saw that and I immediately thought of Tommy. <laughs> so it's interesting yep. you put it on your list. That's great. So, so Josh texted, I had taken a screenshot of a tweet around Origins um, when, when I saw it. So evidently... You get your orders in, and then you're on a timer, and you can assign a worker, but that worker can't be assigned to do anything else until it gets done with its task. So it's kind of a worker placement, hand management game, where you're simulating um, an an incredibly busy kitchen. So I'll see see what it looks like. I might pick that one up just because (laughs) the the concept, and and it might be fun to to check out. But uh, Kitchen Rush from Stronghold Games. So cool. I don't know who's next. I've I've gotten lost. I think Josh. Yeah, let Josh go. Sure. Uh, everybody knows I don't read a lot, but when I was younger, one of my favorite kind of games or one of my favorite kind of books to read was a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Uh, there was a Choose Your Own Adventure House of Danger by Z-Man Games. Uh, so it's a co-op storytelling narrative adventure game, and it, it uh, what I what I read about it, it, it seemed like a lighter version of time stories and sort of that fiasco type style, right? And storytelling and, and things. 
Um, and it was uh, rated for twenty five as uh, it was a twenty five dollar MSRP. So um, you know, not super expensive to get into. So I'm, I'm yeah. kind of excited about that kind that style of game. Um, Z Man does some some good design work uh, right. and good stuff. I, what's interesting about this too is it looks like it's part card game, part book. Mm-hmm. Where the the book will be used to resolve some of the the narrative events, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you kind of have those different elements uh, going on there. So uh, definitely something I'm I'm gonna check out. So I don't read very much. When I do, I read Choose Your Own Adventure. You got it. <laughs> Turn to page. <laughs> do you remember the one where you find the bag of money? It's like a million dollars buried in an abandoned lot. Mm-mm. And then people come for you, like, because they want the money, and you're either spending it or giving it back, doing all this crazy stuff. I remember that one. I don't remember that one. Huh? Did you ever do the D and D ones? Hmm. Yep. The like the solo adventure, adventure stuff. Yep, yep. Yep. For sure. I did a lot of those. Cool. All right, Troy. What else you got for us? All right. Uh, again, another one. I went on theme uh, almost entirely uh, is Robotech Attack on SDF One. And it, this is a kind of a co-op game. Again, if you're familiar with Robotech, you're playing the heroes there. You're defending the SDF one from the Zentradi. Uh, it's one I'm gonna want to take a look at. See if it's it's interesting. Um, I know John is big into Robotech, so it could be something that that looks interesting. And we at least we'll, we'll see. So um, again, just totally went on theme and it looked interesting uh, in terms of uh, the theme and gameplay. All right. 80s cartoons. Yep. Very cool. And while you're uh, big into, you know, 80s cartoons and Robotech, I'm big into zombies. I don't know if that's clear, (laughs) but um, I feel like we're about two years past the zombie wave of games where everything was and zombies with zombies, Pride and Prejudice with zombies, Abraham Lincoln, (laughs) zombie slayer. I know it was Vampire Hunter, but... Um, so Tiny Epic, uh, gambling game, Scott Elms, uh, is doing Tiny Epic Zombies. Um, interesting. I, I didn't think I'd see Tiny Epic go there. I know Tiny Epic Defenders (laughs) is getting a second edition. They've done Galaxies, Western, Heroes, Defenders. There's only so many genres. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I, I want to check this one out and that, that once again, it's such a low price point. It's such an easy game to carry. Um, I will probably end up with that. I'm, I'm 98% sure that one is one of the ones they'll have for sale. Uh, and they, yeah, they will. So I kickstarted this one and he made, basically made, he, he was really nice as he did reach out to the whole, the community and he basically said, Hey, it's going to work out where it's actually going to hit. I'll have it at Gen Con as I'm shipping it to you. The, the bitters is it, he basically asked, is it okay if we sell at Gen Con, which I thought was really nice. He didn't have to, right? In Mm -hmm. the end, he needs to make money and do it. And it was, what was interesting. It was like 90 some percent of the responders on the poll were like, yeah, go ahead. Like, it's not going to make a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I'll have it. You can grab it at Gen Con and play it and you'll have it in your mailbox and I'll have it in my mailbox when I get home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm also interested in looking at the second edition defenders um, because we like defenders are interesting. Um, but it had a little bit of some issues in terms of replayability mm-hmm. and things. So I, mean, I think again, anytime you can do a second rev on on some of these games, it'll be good. And that was a, that's kind of a pure co op you playing against the game, and it it was hard, which makes that's the good yeah. co op is when they're hard and you really feel like you accomplished yeah. something when you 
Mm-hmm. So along with zombies too, I know I'll hit on the role playing game because similar story where Kickstarter is going to be fulfilling part of it, and it'll be available for purchase. So Outbreak Undead, um, the second edition, it's not the core book, but it's the survivor's guide. Um, they have the PDF downloads. I just got a communication today. I forgot about it in my Kickstarter segment <laughs> where I could go download the PDF mm-hmm. now as a backer. They're going to have copies of the book for sale. And at the end of this week, they're shipping. So those may or may not arrive before um, Gen Con, where they will have the Survivor's Guide for sale. But um, I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm, I'm interested to check that out. Yeah. And what's cool is we have the PDF. So you can, yeah. yeah so right. I, I have it. I just I started to read it, but it, it's so cool. It's so There's so <laughs> much. I mean, the original was really cool, but there, it feels like there's just a whole other level of depth that they've added uh, in the second edition. Awesome. Uh, so another game I'm interested in um, by Blue Orange uh, is Blue Lagoon. Uh, it's an area control set collection route building game. Uh, price point is thirty dollars. Um, so in in the first phase, you you place settlers and villages and uh, a newly discovered set of islands, and your goal is to collect resources scattered across the map uh, to gain points and. Uh, there's a couple different phases of the game. Um, seems kind of interesting. Um, definitely something I want to try to demo or or check out before I buy it. But uh, kind of caught my attention. Very bright artwork. Very island themed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it, it kind of caught my eye when I was uh, doing some research here. So, yeah, Blue Lagoon by Blue Orange. Cool, yeah. Blue Orange has done some really good stuff. Um, you know, King Domino. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Photosynthesis was a big hit uh, last year. I think that was them as well. They're, they're doing a lot of those really strategic but simple and efficient design uh, mm-hmm. style games. So, And the, the quality is really cool, and the mm-hmm. art's always really cool from, yeah. from Blue Orange. Yeah. Right. So my one of my really interesting, again, surprises, and I'm really interested and probably will try and pick it up and find it, is the if you know there was Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, and now, like five years later, uh, Forbidden Sky is, is coming out from uh, Game Right Games, uh, Matt Leacock, the designer. Um, so if you remember these, these are kind of smaller games, co-op. It's always you against the game. Uh, Forbidden Island, you have to find, I think, find the parts so you can get off the island. Before it sinks. Before it sinks. Desert, you have a big sandstorm that keeps messing up the the island and you need to find, uh, again, find different parts and things. And and I think it's a ship or some artifacts to get off of there. The artifacts before you can escape via helicopter or whatever and everything's buried under the sand. Sand. And and it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more in-depth play in Desert. So it'll be interesting what they do with Sky. There's like this huge rocket. Um on the miniature that's on there and supposedly there's something to do with making uh electrical circuits and things as part of the gameplay so looks interesting um the price point on these is also really good i think they end up being right around 20 bucks or something like that 20 i think it might be about 30 bucks for this 25 30 bucks for probably because it's a big rocket but uh really interested really surprised this kind of a little bit came out of nowhere i wasn't really aware of this so forbidden sky very cool um Kind of just to to circle back to Blue Orange, one of the things that I'm really excited about is King Domino has been getting to the table a ton uh, in my house, and they have an expansion, uh, Age of Giants. 
So some more tiles, some giants that invade the kingdoms and, and have effects on your, your tiles and how you play your um, your spaces. So it, it looks like it gives you an expansion for either King Domino or Queen Domino um, and ups the player count for those games if you play with just the Age of Giants in one of those. Um, and I, I think it fits right in that $25, $30 uh, price point from Blue Orange Games. So definitely want to check that out. And then uh, our friends at Stonemeyer Games are going to have a expansion, another one. And I'm one expansion behind on Scythe. I didn't mm. get the airship mm. one. Um, but this looks really cool. It's Rise of Fenris. Just adds some more story-driven cards. Focuses on that that faction, um, the kind of the Norse uh, mythology um, the art looks really cool. It's not a bad price point, you know, as, as far as expansions go, thirty, forty dollars. Um, and just, I would like to get Scythe back to the table. And I think picking up one of the new expansions would be a good way to do that. Just to interject a little bit of new blood into it, um, and, and see where we go. So it's a lot of expansions for me and, and follow-up games, but, uh, that is, is definitely one of the, the other booths that I, I will wander by and see what Stonemeyer has going on. Cool. Excellent. Josh, anything else in the board game? Yeah. So I have uh, uh, two more. Um, first one here is Pantone, the yes. game. Uh, so for Are my. Are you sure it's not Pants On? Nope, it's Pantone. Um, the, so, you know, that's, that's colors, that's mm-hmm. color swatches and, and things. Um, so this is for my friends that are colorblind. Um, by Cryptozoic, it's a $30 game. It's a co-op. Um, it will sort co-op sort of. So you're, you're working together with the group, but you're both trying to get points. Um, pattern recognition. So basically, uh, each, each round there's a, there's an artist and he chooses a character card and he has to create a representation of that character, um, using only color swatches. So let's say you grabbed Ronald McDonald you know, you'd have kind of like a bright red on top and then white face and, you know, yellow body. And you use the color swatches to kind of recreate that. Um, and and people would have to pick what that, what that is. This is a spite play. I'm going to remember this. It's a spite play for sure. So <laughs> the book of grudges grows by one page. <laughs> but this, so this is, it seems real in, like it's a, there's a game, I think it's Imagine. I think that's very similar, like has a similar theme where you 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 take these abstract things and you make cards. So I, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting, but because Pantone is like if you're a graphic artist, or, right? Like man, I, my sister it, Mandy, it's like right. I'm I might just have to get this and this like, this is, this is a like a delay, cap to Mandy. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a this might be a delayed birthday present to for her, sure because uh, I saw this and I immediately thought of her. But the game supposedly I can imagine is supposed to be really really fun, and mm-hmm. I saw the gameplay here. I think could be fun as like kind of a party. It's gonna be a light party it, right. game kind of thing, exactly. Um, but looks really cool. Yeah, so, yeah. This is I'm, one I'm that almost on guys, Yeah, I'm needling you guys a little bit, but also kind of tipping yeah. my cap to Mandy there's, and Elena and stuff. There's yeah. only one thing that holds a grudge longer than a dwarf, Josh. <laughs> is that a tie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. uh, my last one is Pandemic 10th Anniversary by Z-Man. Um, so they don't have it for sale. This is also a demo, so I'm breaking the rules. 
but well, but pandemic's already out, so we'll let you right we'll, we'll, on, on technicality. So, so the tenth anniversary, they're gonna have like they're gonna bling it out. So it comes in like a, a medical med, med kit kind of thing. Um, so I'm interested to see what the components look like. That's the whole reason why I want to demo and check it out because I want to see what it what it all has uh, and see if it's worth you know buying the tenth anniversary edition or not. Do you so. own Pandemic the original? I actually don't. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. So then you have a, so, yeah. Yep, I have a reason to to check it out yeah. and 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 want to buy it. So. Yeah, I I have a hard time. I don't because I have the original Pandemic. I have Pandemic to, Legacy. I don't know. It's hard to justify yet another unless it's super, super cool. cool right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, just the the box was a um, you know, like a first aid kit looking thing. So um, I, I thought that was cool enough in its, in and of itself. But uh, you know, we'll see what the other components look like. So yeah, I mean, was it last year or two years ago they had the legacy demos in the hazmat tent? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right, I think you're right. Yeah. They, they go yeah. above and beyond. The field yeah. hospital is where they yeah. were demoing. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to wrap, wrap my board game one. So I have, I have two left here. One, we've talked about um, My Little Scythe, which you talked about the Scythe expansion. Mm-hmm. So my, we've talked about My Little Scythe, which was a print and play print kind and of, play. what do we want to call it, fan fan game, right? Where somebody. Yeah. So the influenced by right. Scythe, uh, I believe a father and daughter uh, team designed My Little Scythe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it will be at. Uh, I actually ordered it to pick up for pre-order. I think Meeple People or Meeple Mart, whatever one of the mm-hmm. uh, is doing some of the distribution, and so they had it available to to pre-order and pick up. Meeple so Source. I, Meeple Source. Um, so I did that just to guarantee that I could grab a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they may also have a few copies just to sell there, and then it'll be out. I think for sure slightly after after Gen Con. So that's that's going to be cool. Um, kind of a fun fun little family game basically is what it'll be and then my kind of number one board game which means i probably won't be able to get it and it probably won't actually release at gen con (laughs) is warhammer 40,000 heroes of blackreach um this is a game that's been kind of in the works for a while from devil pig games it's you're taking the um kind of the system from heroes of normandy which is it's uh all counter-based combat system and they're playing it kind of has the 40k theme around it looks looks really cool people really like heroes of normandy as a game um so hopefully that's out it's probably going to be in if it's there my guess it'll be in limited quantities maybe not so i may have to lean on people that have exhibitor badges or something to try and snag a copy of it (laughs) i don't know anyone like that yeah luckily we don't know anyone like that at all (laughs) yeah so so i guess i'll go to to my number one and one a so i'll start with one a because i was both excited about both of these two but at Mm -hmm. origins i saw reef Mm -hmm. and i saw people demoing it and i really wanted to pick up a copy um but they had sold out i I forget the the game company now um Um, it is is um plan b plan b games uh, it is a really abstract game in which you're picking up a hand of pieces. You're drawing some set of colored, different shaped pieces to build a coral reef. And they advertise, well, a coral reef may take 2,000 years to be created. A game of reef should take 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes. And you're trying to build the reef in a way that gains you points, um, and and the way you may have objectives that you're trying to build towards or, or do, but it's a 
two to four player game, I believe, um, with these modular plastic pieces that you end up creating this reef as you play. So um, looks strategic, looks fun, looks like it plays pretty quick. So I'm, I'm really hoping I can get a copy of that. And then my number one game for Gen Con this year that I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to try to get my hands on a copy, uh, Portal Games, designed by... Or two, uh, two copies. <laughs> Ignacy Trebechek, so 51st State, um, the one with the ancient civilizations, I can't think of the name of it now, Imperial Settlers, uh, Robinson Crusoe, I mean, Ignacy's a legendary designer, has designed a, a new game called Detective, a modern crime board game. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about this. Um, on some of the other game, you know, game podcasts like Secret Cabal has raved about this. Reviews are just super popular. You are the detective. It's not a detective game. You truly are the detective. You get a case, and you're you're each representing a different member of the police force. You may have access to some different insights, some different clues, or abilities. They'll give you uh, things to look online, and you'll go out to Wikipedia. You'll go out to websites, and there are things they've embedded into the game that you would research to find clues and to find different things. And you try to solve the story in the vein of uh, time stories um, and like Sherlock Holmes consulting yeah. detective yeah. deduction games where you're really not sure what's happening, and it's totally on you to find the, the clues. plays in about three hours, so it's a time investment. And there's multiple stories that progress through uh, campaigns. Right. You're solving these crimes, cool. so um, it looks incredible. It's it's a modern crime lab, uh, CSI style investigative uh, game by a great designer, um, and it'll be available in for sale. Portal Games usually does a pretty good job of having a decent supply of, of games, but with how popular this one is, yeah. this one has a lot, yeah, a lot I, of hype. A lot of- it's on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough one to get a, a hold of. So I'm, I'm setting myself up for disappointment by saying I'm going to try to get it, but um, certainly would would like to pick this one up. So that's that's kind of the the board games and, and choose your own adventure books that we we want to get. <laughs> uh, there are a couple of big RPG titles that will be at Gen Con either for purchase or. Um, you know, soon after Gen Con with a lot of demo presence. I know the the one that I'm most interested in flipping through is Kids on Bikes. Uh, John Gilmore um, designed in the vein of Stranger Things and Goonies and some of that. Um, in, you're a group of kids trying to solve crimes and mysteries mm-hmm. and supernatural events in a small town. So um, looks really cool. Want to flip through the bike, the, the bike, through the book. Uh, <laughs> And uh, take a look at that one. And I already talked about Outbreak Undead, but those are two of the titles that I'm I'm really interested. Troy, I know you you put some really good ones on here. Yeah, so. and I may let you talk about a couple of these because they're more in your wheelhouse. Uh, so big one though, I'm super excited about is Wrath and Glory, the new 40k RPG. Um, again, I pre-ordered it to pick up at Gen Con. Uh, Ty and I are lucky enough to get we got in that we're going to get in a game there. And Josh too, good. I think Marlon too. I think we got a couple, a lot of our group getting into some games there so that's good so i'm super excited to pick that up and have i know i'll have that in my hands at least um one i the little surprised me that i is the witcher rpg game um i'm not it's funny i'm not a big witcher computer game player but i've read the books and i'm it's totally interesting character so i mean i think that's gonna be kind of a cool rpg if you're 
you're into that it's a cool world um yeah. and, and uh the concept that you're hunting these monsters and i could see how that could be an interesting campaign um for a, a group of characters working together to to do that that could be a cool yeah a cool and that's out. our tellers and games um i'm again this one not a hundred percent if it's what actually is going to be at gen con mm-hmm. um they're not they haven't really talked about whether they'll have the book itself or not but um, that one looks pretty good um my next act the next one here is uh the warhammer warhammer fantasy uh rpg fourth edition uh i can't think of who the company is off the top of their head uh cubicle seven cubicle seven um so they'll have i think they'll have that um yeah, that in some form at, it, at Gen Con. It, it should out. be at Gen Con. When I talked to the guys at Origins, they were targeting Gen Con. Might be a little bit mm-hmm. later, um, but they were hopeful to have the the core the core book yeah. set there. Because yeah. uh, a lot of these companies, that's you're trying to get at least pre-release copies or something. You know, whether you can get that to line up exactly with <laughs> with Gen Con is always a little bit of a trick. Um, so again, there should be something there. Whether they actually have books for sale is a uh, a little bit of uh, a shot in the dark here. We'll see. Um, other one I was, again, I was surprised about really cool is Fantasy Flight is re-releasing kind of a collector's edition of the old West End games, yeah. a Star yeah. Wars role-playing game, uh, 30th anniversary edition. Um, so that's something I may just pick, if we can get it, I'm, pick I'm up pick that it book. Up for sure. Um, you, you may never pulls. play it, whatever, but just to be able to read it and kind I, of flip through it. and Back stuff. back when I first started going to Gen Con, I would play whenever I could in the West End games, the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what they called it, but they had kind of the, the living campaign yeah. world. Um, the tabletop RPGs get in there and I'm, i somehow i remember one time matt matt and i were in a game and i was like an imperial agent with a group of rebels and he was like a han solo type that called me out on it uh but it was it was just super fun that game was rich in the lore and you felt everything about it felt star wars i think a lot of the newer stuff has kind of put a real slick sheen of commercialization on it and that was like storytelling good foundation of rules yep. and i think it's d6 based yeah right yeah pools it's, of it's d6s yep. yeah um and then the last one here i'll actually you tie you grab it's more in your wheelhouse yeah so they they several months ago had put out kind of a beta uh scenario for the new vampire the masquerade fifth edition um rumored that there will be copies uh at gen con um their books are always huge. I mean, they're hundred dollar books, but they're gorgeous. Six hundred yeah. pages, awesome art, hardcover. Uh, you feel like you're buying a tome when you get these, and the the new edition of Vampire. So um, that world of darkness, you know, the uh, really the Masquerade has been an ongoing IP for thirty. It years. probably is thirty years. Yeah, I mean, right. At close. least close, yeah. and it's their fifth edition. Um, definitely on on the heels of changeling last year um mage a couple years before they've been re-releasing these ips and vampires getting a a new new edition and definitely if you can get your hands on that book and you're into playing world of darkness in any way shape or form highly recommend uh picking up vampire all right that was a a lot uh i do want to mention one thing our friends at anvil 8 games uh will have ox and the bears all and the Ramox book, I believe, 
um, for the, the faction they released at Adepticon, the models, they should have the book at, at Gen Con. Um, now I'm kicking myself. I should have confirmed with, with the guys. <laughs> but uh, Ox and the Bear is all in the Ramax book, and then they'll be uh, running some sessions of the, I guess, the beta rules of the Ethereum role-playing game hmm. in the um, first look hall. So um, some some things coming from those guys that are pretty cool. Yeah, and if you can check out the RPG, that that that's really cool. I mean, Ethereum's really cool as a miniature game, but I really like. I mean, I think as an RPG, it really kind of that that world is really mm-hmm. really cool. So uh, definitely, definitely something to look for and uh, and check out. Um, when it comes to Gen Con, one of the other things other than the games is just kind of some of our tricks of the trade uh, to handle the whatever the experience the spectacle the, the craziness the craziness that is <laughs> a gen con yeah yeah i mean it, it gets crazy downtown indie is um is shut down and overrun like every restaurant is full for three four blocks around the convention center people are camping out at hotels 15 20 miles outside of town um so it, it can get tough around mealtimes, you know, lunch, specifically lunch and dinner. Uh, so eating off hours and, and just finding things a little further out sometimes is the way to go. So I guess let's let's talk about the drinking. Um, <laughs> because the important parts. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you got to stay hydrated. So the this year, uh, we just talked about uh, Dragon's Delight was what I drank earlier this episode. It was last year's beer. This year, it's Everlasting Gamer which is an American amber ale. So it sounds like it'll be something I would drink, which mm-hmm. is, it was really good. Also by Sun King. Yeah. It's all Sun King. They do it every year. Uh, I think the untapping party is usually Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday again, the block party on block Georgia party street, street which night. is, yeah. And then yeah. Georgia street's always closed and when full of food trucks, the whole four days and a hot box pizza tent. Yeah, yeah, and hot box just to spite Josh. They like hold I've it already in. sent a request Ed, to the hotel to have a um, hot box pizza waiting in the room. We'll never get it. No, I ordered yeah. it last year before oh, okay. we left. Okay, so. well then, yeah, we'll get it then for <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's it's been there for like six months. <laughs> so for that story, do they did, was that even a, a plan and slain episode? They may um, have to go back to the archives. Yeah. I think that was two years ago, correct? Or in two the memes. Ago. Yeah, in the, the memes, memes and, and the archives. Out. Josh had a bad experience with Hot Pox. That's all we'll say. Yeah. So two, Josh's two. tip would be don't. Two Josh's tip would be don't order from yeah, Hot Box yeah. Pizza. Hot Box is dead to me. It's good pizza though. <laughs> I've but never had it. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but to get back to beer, so but you'll be able to find Everlasting Gamer usually in all the area establishments. A lot of the the local bars and areas will have them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the I'll give one of the tips and tricks also what i've made one of our kind of traditions on the way out sunday is you we actually go to sun king which is only like i don't know two blocks i shouldn't say it maybe it's a mile or so i don't know if it's that far it's not very far at all from downtown is the brewery we usually hit that on our way out and actually usually buy some some beer in the past we've also bought t-shirts and (laughs) other things like that um but the brewery the brewery is not that far from downtown uh, and they actually have events and things going on during Gen Con. I've just never made it there uh, during Gen Con. But we always try to hit it on Sunday as we're heading out because you can buy. There's weird alcohol laws in Indiana. I think I've talked about in the past. Uh, but you can buy beer from the brewery on Sunday. You know, so that's why we still have Dragon's Delight a year later is because we 
bought a case on the way out of town last year. (laughs) And and that's one of the things we like to do on the way down is stop at Three Floyds Mm, um, and and pick up zombie dust and some other stuff, grab some lunch. So in Munster, might might try to do that uh, just south. You know, you go about 10 miles south of the freeway once you cross over the state line in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a brew pub. I don't know if the new building's done. I know they've been working on it, so it'd be oh. interesting to see if the distillery and the new expanded brew pub and everything is open. Mm-hmm. Um, are still under construction, but I'm, I'm sure that'll end up on our agenda on mm-hmm. the way down. For sure. And definitely recommend that if you're traveling from uh, anywhere west of Indiana <laughs> to, to spin through uh, Three Floyds. Um, when you're dining in Indy, I guess my biggest tip is get food further out, walk a little bit, uh, take an Uber, do something. There's some really good restaurants, uh, local, you know, um, non-chain, but we went to a, a burger bar um, last year that was just a little bit out, outside of the convention center area mm-hmm. um, and get some recommendations from locals. You know, ask the people at the front desk, find find some places to go that aren't, you know, right two blocks away. Yep. Yep. And even if you're off hours, I think we've had, I mean, like high velocity in the JW is not bad, but at prime time, you're going to wait. Um, we've also had luck with, is it a TGI Fridays that's actually hidden behind the Marriott? The one behind, you never have luck at a Friday. The one behind there, it's, it tends not to be as busy as less you think. Crowded. Less crowded. It's I don't know spring, why. I it's think at it's the because, Spring Hill or whatever. Yeah, I think because right. it's Fairfield. kind of off. It's yeah. a block behind and it's right there. Um, and again, it's TGI Fridays, so you're getting TGI Fridays type food. So, um, but if you're a gamer, maybe that's what you want. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's also the thing. If you're willing to spend a little more money, the the nicer places tend not to be as busy because people maybe aren't looking to spend. I mean, we've had great service pass. I think it's Yard House, mm-hmm. uh, which is a tremendous. You call it a brew restaurant pub kind of. I wouldn't call it pub because the food there is really really good. Um, they have like a million beers on tap. Um, we've had some um, excellent service there, even when they've been kind of in the weeds um, for craziness. So I, I recommend them. Uh, but yeah, like if you can step out a little bit further, you walk away, the more stuff you're going to have. There's a lot of stuff around. Is it uh, Memorial Circle? Mon- Monument, Monument Circle. Circle. Um, yeah, so I'm, of I'm stuff around I'm, there, and it's not that far. Yeah, like, I'm getting a list of like three or four places from the the indie guys, mm-hmm. the AOS crew that mm-hmm. travels to the different tournaments, um, and I'll try to check out probably a couple of those. So, um, other bar dining uh, tip: avoid the Claddagh, uh, a little <laughs> Irish pub, um, three four blocks away from the convention center. Avoid it at all costs. Uh, very rough crowd very drunk crowd loud boisterous troublemakers there just avoid it steer clear (laughs) (laughs) yeah you guys are giving it away when you laugh oh sorry oh sorry sorry. i didn't like how crowded it was last year yeah that really angered me when i couldn't get a spot on the patio (laughs) your mistake is thinking that we have any influence like our listeners we are influencers we think so yeah we at least get 15 people that Go to Gen Con and listen to our show. Mm-hmm. And we all tend to go to the Cloud Hog at some point during Gen Con and hang out there and yeah, I mean, drink some whiskey. two-hour lunch where you and the bartender just talk and hang out, and she gives you three shots of Jameson when you have four Guinnesses and Shepherd's Pie by yourself, or the patio where whiskey flights and Guinness and... Shenanigans. The Anvilate BOD yep. meetup takes place. I mean, it 
it's a good spot. It's I'll be good. I'll be back there at least twice. I would assume um, for food and or drinks. Same. And then hopefully we'll stay out till two. Walk through the the hall and call out the werewolves on our way back to the hotel. That was one of my favorite things from last year. Yeah. Uh, walking through the the convention center with Josh, a little tipsy, or a lot tipsy, pointing at each game of Werewolf where they have those chairs circled, going, "That's the werewolf, the guy with glasses wearing a blue shirt, werewolf." <laughs> Next game, it's the woman wearing the pink with the foxtail. She's the werewolf. That's my favorite game. Oh, that was so fun. We won every one of them. Too. We sure we did. Right? Yeah. So crazy places though, the Ram. Uh, but does a themed menu usually pretty cool? Um, always super super busy. But for some reason, we I've always eaten there at some point. Um, if you've, you've heard the hint before, is going to the bar, um, and you probably can find a place to eat. You can get tables, and then we've gone in with a decent crew in in the Ram. So I don't want to. Hopefully, well as we'll see how influenced we are. If I can't yeah, get in the Ram and eat there, me, man. I we know, give we, away our hints. <sighs> <laughs> tips and so, tricks tips and tricks so the uh the other spot too in in indie that i want to make a point of trying to get to this year is the axe throwing bar that's on the second story oh. of the place across from yep. Clada. uh go get some beers and throw some axes okay deal in so i want to throw axes this year all right i'm in let's do this and in our review episode, you'll see if we all come back with intact limbs. <laughs> all our fingers. Think, yeah. Yeah, right. You throw it from the handle. You don't hold the axe head. You don't throw it at your feet. Um, another great place, um, and it's definitely hard to get into, Scotty's Brewhouse. Uh, they always do, you know, they always have the 401st. Um, 501st. 501st, sorry. 100 more. 100 more. Uh, 501st uh, there, and they always have crazy huge lines, and they're good, always good playing. menu, good beer, yeah. good menu, good menu, yeah. good beer. It's and they always have cool stuff on the screens. Uh, usually some sci-fi movie or something. So yeah, and again, a victim of their own success. I mean, right. we, if you think when I took you guys there back in 2010, no, it, we walked. I in, think they opened. I think that was the second year. Like they opened up in 2009. I think. Uh, and John and I just kind of discovered them because they're kind of they're a little bit of a walk away, but not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, like 2010, we got there, and I mean, and then they've just it's been, embraced yeah. it, and then now it's like it is the place, and right. Uh, and if it, but again, if you can get in and enjoy it, and and again, same off thing. Hours. If you can get off hours, if you can sit at the bar, yep. there's ways to get in there even when they're busy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, another tip um, that we found was it last year, if you're looking for breakfast or if you like eating in the morning, there's a restaurant, it's the, is it a, an office building, that Capitol building that's across the courtyard from the convention center? There's a restaurant in the lower floor and on the back side of that. Um, really good food if you're looking for breakfast stuff. Uh, a tip there, too, is if even if they're busy, they have a, a takeout menu. Um, just ask them to take it to go, and then you can eat it on the patio. There's lots of other places to eat it uh, if you're looking for something for a decent breakfast meal and take it to go. We really had some good success there. And maybe I'll actually find the name and throw it in the show notes. So. <laughs> so other than places to eat, you know, traveling the Gen Con and leaving Gen Con is always kind of a stressful thing. Um, we've really made Gen Con the day before. The mm-hmm. Wednesday is the travel day. Highly recommend mm-hmm. if you can swing that. It's probably a little late now for those of you planning a trip <laughs> to change your travel plans. But 
leaving Wednesday, and this year I'm trying Gen Con at like the retirees pace like i'm i'm coming in wednesday wednesday morning gonna leave get there in the afternoon check into the hotel relax hang out i'm leaving monday so i'm staying over sunday night uh gonna play some extra games with matt and elena i think barry and becky just relax and then get up and leave whenever i want on monday drive home during the day when there's no traffic and uh just kind of a slow pace of of Gen Con, so pretty excited to to get a chance to do that. Should be should be a good good travel experience. Usually Sunday is a little hectic, packing up yeah. everything, finding a place to store your bags, going to the hall real quick, which never you end up it's getting never anything. Quick, yeah. It's just a waste of <laughs> time, and then trying to get out of town before the the rush. So. Being able to just look at everybody and laugh as they're loading up cars and waiting as I can <laughs> stroll over to the convention center to spend Sunday actually playing games, games and picking up different stuff. So pretty excited. Highly recommend that. Um, it's probably one of the reasons I'm not like spiteful about Gen Con this year. Um, yeah, you're having you're, you one registration. Yep. You, I won registration. I got events I wanted. I looked today. And I found a VIP game with Ivan Van Norman, his custom scenario for Outbreak Undead. Uh, $24 ticket, but playing with Josh, it's yeah. a four-person game with Ivan. Yes. That, so, that's a blast. And you guys have done that uh, in the past. That's one yep. of your repeat yeah. customers. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. He, he was excellent last time. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's and that's our other tip is keep watching the event. Oh yeah, uh, thing because events get added late. I mean, I've been actually had it on my phone remind me to look every week. Well, you get people that drop tickets finally now that they're close. Um, And also, a lot of the companies, not a lot, but some of the companies put their stuff up just the week before. So I looked today because it's a week out in Mm -hmm. essence. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was looking Mm -hmm. and went through what my filters and, and. you yep. nailed it quickly. Yep. Quickly hit that one. So <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, that the travel. The I mean, Gen Con is going to be smooth sailing this year. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, everybody knows the convent, the hall itself, the vendor hall is crazy huge this year. I think it's bigger again than ever. Um, what are your tips to get through? I know tips to get through it. I know I try and break it up. Like I just, I know I'm not going to get through the whole thing. It's like. You got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You have to find what you care about and go there. And then you have to really triangulate. Like if you know a general area you want to check, check the few rows around it. Um, I like to spend Thursday acclimating to the hall, just doing like a pass, a wander, not stopping at any booths. Um, and then target a few stops for Friday and Saturday when I have an hour or two. Don't spend your whole day in there. You can just go in for a short burst, see a few things, leave, you know. <laughs> yeah, get- and, and take a break. I think that is the thing is take, don't do like multi, you know, do hour, hour and a half and then get out of the hall. Because you don't realize it, but it's sucking the energy out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, well, and you the, need the to noise, take a, the yeah. crowd, the congestion, yeah. the... It's it's a way to aggravate and elevate your heart rate and just yeah. I get so angry in there getting jostled around and having people in my yeah. way. So I'm telling you, this year Gen Con is gonna be a Zen <laughs> experience for me. I'm gonna hang out, I'm gonna do what I want when I want. I'm not gonna try to organize big group events. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna take it as it comes, mm-hmm. experience Gen Con because 
and and I say this a lot, but next year I do want to make a point of getting to Origins, and mm-hmm. I might I might replace Gen Con, so this might be, you know, a, a break year mm-hmm. for me. So I'm trying to just do a big Gen mm-hmm. Con experience, and then next year, you know, some life events, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> other stuff going on might might try to just condense my con mm-hmm. experience. So, all right. Any other like travel or dining or hotel tips? Otherwise, we can talk about some of the things that we were looking forward to, what we want to see. I know. Yeah, um, I would just say, I mean, other, we'd hit the hall. The other, there's so many th- other things to do at Gen Con. I mean, I always talk about the auction. I like to just go and hang out in the auction, which might be weird. Sometimes I don't even buy anything. I just sit and <laughs> you look and Barry, at it. Uh, Barry loves the auction. I, li- I like to just sit and listen to look at the old games that come through and see some cool stuff that comes comes out. So I, I, I usually try and find time where, and like that'll be my break. I'll be in the hall and I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm really beat. And I go and I'll just sit in the auction for a half hour, hour and just kind of re- regenerate. And usually there's some interesting things that come up and some things there. So that there's also, I haven't, there's anime. If you go, I think it's one of the hotels. There's a lot of anime stuff. If you're interested in that. There's also a whole film track. A lot of these fantasy films, um, things like that film track that's in there. Um, and then the always make sure it's in the the main hall but check out the art show i mean the artists and this year uh, elena as a feature artist um will definitely be be hanging out there and the big center table uh her magic cards her her pieces just looking great i think one of the other three is mark Poole, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other featured artists i can't think of the third one it's going to drive me nuts um but they'll they'll be there with big big booth space a lot of wall space to to show off the um the new art the old art you know uh really excited to see elena's panoramics um that she has left i mean she sold a bunch of them uh, through the web store i think we all got one so um artists i mean the game the entrepreneurs alley there's always that you know new companies and new things to see the uh, battle pods, the uh, the tournament halls. I mean, you can see some cool mm-hmm. miniature games set up, some cool uh, stuff going on. Anvil Eight, check out the Anvil Eight booth. This year, they're they're right behind Paizo, so front nice. left quadrant mm-hmm. of the uh, um, convention floor. Excellent. They'll have a pretty big booth. Come, I, I'll be there uh, for a little bit, um, helping out on some of the days. So, all right. I guess how we'll wrap up the Gen Con preview is what what are a few things that you guys are just really looking forward to? Gen Con is one of the premier conventions. Um, love it or hate it. I mean, we all go there. We all end up having a, our, our fair share of fun. So, Troy, what are what are a few of the things that you know you just are really excited about Gen Con this year outside of the the games we've reviewed and some of the restaurants? Um. I would think usually, and I don't want to set myself up because usually there's just something I wouldn't say even looking forward to, but there's always either some experience that either, whether it's an event, like whether we get lucky and you have a really cool event with maybe it's people like from your group, or maybe there's, we always meet new people there. Um, it always feels like something around one event is just stands out as like, wow, that was really cool. We usually, and usually it's an RPG or something else like that, but we usually have, there's one event that usually I look back and like, wow, that was really a blast. And, 
something that we probably could have only done at Gen Con, just create, you know, all the, all the stars align and do that. Um, and one, and then the other thing is just a spectacle, like that vendor hall of the spectacle and walking around. And then a lot of the other little, little, I would say little, you know, things you just are only going to see at Gen Con, whether that's certain artists that are there, game designers, um, people doing special events, things like that. Um, there's usually a few of those things that you, I, I take away and do that. And maybe if we, again, it, sometimes it happens if we have, uh, can just kind of usually some kind of an epic hangout, whether that happens or not, we never know. And sometimes it's less epic than years than others, but usually we either all end up at a bar late at night or we all end up in a game somewhere or whether a hotel is somewhere, whatever. We usually end up having some kind of, kind of epic hangout where a, a good group, large group number of us that are all there get to hang out and either whether we're playing games or drinking beer or something. Uh, and those are the things that kind of stick with me and I'm always when I look back at it. So we'll see this year there'll be something and maybe there'll be something new that I'm not even uh, aware of this year that really sticks with me. So definitely Josh, how about you? Yeah. The, the epic hangs, the, the hanging out with friends, like the not having a schedule, right? Like not having something to do or, or we all have time to hang out together. That's, that's my, that's my zen, right? Um, all of us hanging out, playing games, drinking, doing that, doing whatever. Like even if we're just all hanging out and you know eating a meal or whatever, I, I love getting together with everybody and having that time. So it's excellent. Awesome, Ty. Yeah, I mean, um, Gen Con. It's uh, <laughs> you guys have been listening to a year of me hating on it <laughs> and being pessimistic and uh, you know comments here and there that are overall pretty negative but when i think about you know experiences throughout the years that um like you guys mentioned you know the 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 times that our whole group is together and we're sharing a meal um tearing through a bottle of vodka playing a new game you know what whatever it may be um it's those opportunities you know the the friends that i don't see all that often people that travel in um and then certainly people I don't get to always play games with. I mean, we, we all lead fairly busy lives, you know, <laughs> between our, our hobbies and our, our, uh, our actual jobs. You know, the, the podcast is, is a side hobby and I see you guys, you know, when we record, but we don't always get a chance to even sit down and play games together. So it's that camaraderie. It's, it's those events that make Gen Con worth it. I could, uh, I could take, you know, the 25 people or so that, I know in in Indy and transport them anywhere else and probably get that same experience. But it just so happens that it, it's Gen Con that brings everyone to the same spot. Um, so that's that's probably it is is the people in that that experience of spending that quality time away from the distractions of of our everyday uh, life and and work. You know, being able to shut down the phone from work email and just disconnect and enjoy five days off the grid. Yep. <laughs> All right, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna skip right through the break. That yep. was Gen Con. Gen Con. We're we're committed. We're going. We'll be there in about a week. Yep. Hopefully, you, see you there. Yeah, you're probably listening to us on the drive down. Hopefully, maybe might have some stickers or <laughs> business cards in our wallet. We'll be wearing our shirts a fair fair bit. Um, so if you see us, say hi. I always say that. I, I've never yep. been said hi to, but yep. or if you see a BOD shirt. Yeah, they probably if they're not us, they probably know us. Yeah, so. yeah. We can get you some stickers <laughs> or shirts or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we'll do uh, just a quick uh, recap of some of the other events coming up. We get a little bit of a lull after Gen Con. So Gen Con August second to the fifth. 
then it is until October, until there's mm-hmm. another sizable convention or tournament. We've got RockCon in Rockford, October 19th to the 21st. Then there's Dragonfall in Elmhurst, Illinois, just outside Chicago. Uh, the same weekend, Dragonfall this year has a huge two-day AOS tournament that uh, I believe Alex Gonzalez, the TO from Adepticon, is running. What's interesting about Dragonfall is you got to bring five pieces of terrain. They're doing the mm. UK-style tournament where you bring half a table's worth of terrain that will travel with you. You set up with your opponent mm. in a mutually agreeable way and then play the game. So uh, that's how they do it in the UK, like South Coast GT. Um, players bring terrain. So I just thought that was interesting. Learned that this weekend. Cool, and I am committed to Dragonfall. I don't know what I'm. I'm probably going to play some 40k ish event. Um, right now, I'm just committed probably to Sunday doing one of the smaller 40ks that they got there. I don't know. I probably won't do the GT, but um, but I'm probably going to go to Dragonfall. That's um, I already cool. booked my hotel. Cool. That's me. That might be one of my goals. I don't know. <laughs> Hit a new convention this year. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, the weekend before Dragonfall and Rockcon is Flatcon down in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Talked about that earlier in the show. Chuck is doing the AOS stuff. Um, we'll try to link to Flatcon. I guess Troy's been there. I didn't know. Yep. I can look. Yeah, I, yeah. And I'll, I'll look and see. Back in the day, it was. It tended to be. Uh, again, more in the, the rock on dragon ball, very miniature based, mm-hmm. um, kind of a combination of so. But again, that was probably ten years ago. Last time I was there, so down um, so we'll to normal the yeah. week before. Uh, yep. So it'd be I think October twelfth through the fourteenth. Then some of us will be in Essen, Germany, for Essen Spiel, <laughs> huge game fair in in uh, Essen, Germany. Um, October 25th to the 28th. I think it ends up being like the 23rd to the 29th or 30th for travel and whatnot. <laughs> um, going with Anvil 8. That'll be a lot of fun. Get back from that. Have a few days to get unjet lagged before I go to Holy Havoc, Steve Herner's narrative <laughs> doubles event near Chicago. Um, and then the weekend after that, Game Hole Con, November 8th mm. to the 11th. So it's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be fun, though, this fall. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah. So even those fall conventions, uh, like I know Dragonfall has their event list out. Gamehole Con will be, I think VIGs goes up soon or if it didn't already. Well, the event and list the is event out list. there. VIG registration is soon and then general reg is, it's I think, soon. after yeah, Gen Con. Or yeah, so coming up. To, and again, I think Gamehole is getting is smaller, but it's <laughs> popular. So if yeah. you want to get in, make sure you're kind of signing up early. For sure. All right. Well, we hope to see you all at Gen Con. And hope everyone has safe travels, tons of fun at the show. Um, In the meantime, we'll have this episode up and ready. So hopefully you're listening on your way to Gen Con. Then leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Love to hear feedback. Can reach us on Facebook, on Twitter at Playin' Slayin' Show, P-L-A-Y-N-S-L-A-Y-N Show, or thebasementofdeath.com, our website. Emails, Ty, Josh, and Troy at Basement of Death. Or the infobot info at basementofdeath.com. So thanks for listening. As always, everyone, keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying.
be ready to have your mind blown. Test your mind. Test your mind. Test your mind. Test your mind. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Zero. I don't know. Like, I'm. I don't. I. It. I just. I don't know how to react. It. I have this weird reaction. Like. Because it. It's not my fault. You guys don't know how to have fun. <laughs> it's. But it should be. I, it's. I. Th- it's, it's either sh- amazing or awful. Well, right. Sure. Right. <laughs> and, and I think what it is, it's like, wow, that's kind of. But it should be cooler. I, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> God. It should be cooler. 